What did you eat for breakfast? What did I eat? I ate I ate donuts. I ate uh, a chocolate donuts and a powdered donut. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 127. This episode is sponsored by Ignite Your Music Career. You may remember in episode 90, I chatted to Craig Dodge about sync licensing and how he makes a living through writing music for TV, video games, and film. Musicians all over the world subscribe to Ignite Your Music Career and earn more royalties, more upfront sync fees, and more recurring revenue from their music. Whether you're a composer, singer-songwriter, band, beatmaker, or instrumentalist, your music can be earning you more money. Internationally acclaimed composer, musician, and music educator Craig Dodge has licensed his music in more than 1,000 TV show episodes, films, video games, and ads all over the world, and he will show you how you can too. Ignite gives you the information you need in a simple, accessible format, and you learn at your own pace. For just $6 a month, you get a video lesson each week on topics related to music licensing, from writing techniques to how to find your markets, and everything in between. You also get tools and activities to build the skills you need to be successful, and each lesson includes a royalty-free sound pack to download and use in your own music. The key to success in the music business today is to diversify your sources of revenue. Ignite will show you how. For more information or to subscribe to Ignite, visit the website at taris-studios.com or click the link on musiconyourownterms.com. This time out, I talk to reality show singing coach Brianna Rellis. We discover how Brianna started singing at a young age, went to college for music, and got through to the top 100 on season 4 of American Idol. She gives us some tips on using TV talent shows as a tool to get your brand in front of the millions of viewers that watch the shows, and changing your mindset about the experience as a marketing tool rather than a way to quote-unquote make it. Finally, Brianna shares her experiences with burnout, how being in the restaurant industry taught Brianna about entrepreneurship, and how she became a best-selling author and coach in the process. If you enjoy the podcast and want to show your support, I'd be really grateful if you would consider signing up for the mailing list to stay in the loop with everything going on with the show. Just head over to musiconyourownterms.com and click the link. While you're there, you can also visit the store and grab some merch, or just buy me a coffee and help out with the running costs of the show. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am joined by Brianna Rellis, who is a music industry strategist, reality TV music coach. We'll get into that. Uh, how are you doing? And welcome. Hey, what is up? I'm super happy to be here, and thanks for having me. Awesome. It's nice to connect also with a with another local Dallas-Fort Worth area yeah. music industry person. It's Really great to be here. Absolutely. And we're so local, it'll probably take about two hours in traffic. <laughs> yeah. So let everyone know what you do in the music industry today. 
and then we'll get into history after that. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So when I first started in the music industry, I started as a vocal and performance coach. I did live performance coaching for Mm -hmm. bands and artists and um, vocal coaching and actually started working at a local music school. And we had a like a band program there. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with a lot of artists and that led into me writing my first book And from there, I started speaking at music festivals. From there, I started consulting. And that's really what brings me to today is as a strategy consultant, uh, my superpower is strategy, planning, things like that. Um, But I'm also super passionate uh, about encouraging people to be like super excited about their lives, whether it's, well, it's both personal and professional, right? So Mm -hmm. when I work with artists one-on-one, We really dive into the online business foundations of their music career so that they can create sustainability. And so I love the title of your podcast, Mm. Music on Your Own Terms, I believe. If I got that right, I hope I did. Um, Because that is something that I've always, my entire life, I I grew up, I was a singer my entire life, singer-songwriter. And I always said to myself, you know, I am not going to go the traditional route. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm going to do it on my own terms and I'm going to find a way to keep music in my life in some way or another. And and so it's it's been a long road and we can 100% get into that. So as a strategy consultant, I also am a reality TV music coach. I've written a second book, which was a bestseller on Amazon called Make Reality TV Your Reality. So I'm a reality TV music coach, but I also have an online course. So mm-hmm. I have an online course. I have a mastermind a group program and I coach artists who want to go on reality singing shows. And I teach them not just like the strategy behind getting on a show, but in my opinion, what's most important is leveraging and maximizing the experience so that you can create momentum in your music career when Mm -hmm. it's all said and done, because we all know they come to an end. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, if you don't go into the situation prepared, and if you don't have a strategy intact, you're going to miss a huge opportunity to truly leverage the platform. So that's what I do. And it's super niche, but I absolutely love it. And it's, it's a real, it's a real fun gig. Absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. And I mean, just for my, for for background on me, I mean, I, I really don't like reality TV. I, I have this chip on my shoulder, like many artists do that, that are like, it's it's fake. The problem I have with it is it just paints the wrong picture for the the populace in terms of it's an overnight success and you can you can sing and you can get on top of this show and then you're set for life and you're a multimillionaire and it's it's just this false thing that people think about. But that being said, talking to you today gives me the mindset or I've kind of looked at it from a different angle in that it, as long as you know that it's mostly fake in terms of the whole you know setup of the show and and you know that part aside it, it it's just another way as you said of leveraging your career using it as a tool to get out in front of you know what is millions of people so that then you can actually use that leverage to go ahead and add people to your social media and get more streams and get more eyes or ears on your music which i think is brilliant because you know and and a lot of the reason why i made you know started this podcast is that chip that people have is 
oh, streaming is killing the music industry and you can't make money anymore and reality TV, blah, blah, blah. But what you've done is is amazing in that you're you're getting rid of that and you're saying, this is a tool, let's use it. And here's how, which is which is fantastic. Of course, I'm into death metal, which will never get played on American TV, but... <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is so cool, though. I love that. Yeah, no, and I love that you you told me that you don't like reality TV. And, and I, I absolutely love that you said, cause it's fake and all right. the things like that is the, probably one of the number one thing that I hear from, from artists, musicians, people who have been like in the game for a while. Mm. Right. Because we all know that there's like two types of performers that go on these shows. It's like the seasoned musicians, the seasoned artists, mm -hmm. and then like the singers who are like pretty green to the scene, right? They're, they're just, they want a foot in the door. They want an opportunity and a reality singing show is a place for all, all types mm -hmm. of performers, right? It's like an equal playing field. And so I always tell people like, it, just go to play. You all have an equal chance sure. to, to do well. And at the end of the day, just like you said, this is a tool. It is an entertainment television show. This is not going to make or break your career. Mm. This is simply an offer, an, just an additional, like if we want to talk about, you know, five streams of income as an artist, this can be five streams of marketing, you know? So yep. this is simply just an extra marketing avenue for your brand uh, and all those things. But like, if you don't have your brand and your story and like your messaging and all of that stuff mm -hmm. tight before you go on the show, then like I said, you're going to miss that opportunity to, to leverage it for what it is. Absolutely. And what it is, is an opportunity to get your message, music and, and voice heard in front of millions, just like you, you know, you mentioned. Absolutely. And obviously the 10,000 hours and plus in your craft Honestly, that that is like the ground level start. Like anytime I'm listening to podcasts, people, you know, guitar players that go to these auditions, you have to know the music, period. I mean, that that's like the basic requirement, you know, and then you get into these auditions and it's the hang. Or if you get into these shows, it's more the marketing and, and being mindful of what of how you're not necessarily playing the game like a survivor kind of thing, but you're still you still got to do a bit of politics inside of the you know those those group sessions and stuff like that. I'm sure there's politics going on behind the scenes that you don't really see on TV. Yeah, you know, and I was talking to so I host the Reality Singing Show Summit mm -hmm. in February. I had the first one this past February, and we had Liz Lewis, who's a celebrity vocal coach, and she's done she did like Rockstar NXS. She did just a mm -hmm. bunch of a bunch of different shows with different markets and different companies. So NBC, CBS, all those. Sure. Uh, long story short, she was talking about how when it gets to that round, like the group rounds or like the battle rounds, when you're, you're, when you're battling it out against somebody else, to be aware that these coaches are putting you up against each other for a reason because you're mm -hmm. similar and they got to pick one. But your voice, like they might choose the song and it might favor that song because of the key that they choose mm -hmm. or where it sits on your, you know, in your range, it might favor another artist over yourself. So when you're going into those situations, being aware that it's up to you to do something different, either, you know, basically rearrange the song to suit your voice, even though it may not be in the most ideal key for you. Mm -hmm. If it if the key's chosen, like you're you're kind of out of luck there. But there's still something that can be done. So if you go into that type of situation, 
And this is kind of just in reference to, you know, what you were saying about politics. You know, if you go into that type of situation and you're aware that that could happen to you, Mm. then you're you're more empowered to make a decision. So instead of just lying down and dying and saying, well, this key's perfect for them, you're going to go, oh, okay, I know what this is. I'm going to flip it here. I'm going to do this, you know, take it up here, whatever I got to do, whatever tricks I got to pull out to slay this song, even though it's not in the most ideal key for me. Absolutely. That goes back to, you know, songwriting and, and being able to craft something and improve I don't want to say improvise because uh, I forget the bass player offhand. He said, "If you're in front of a lion, that's improvisation. If you're in jazz, if you're if you're you're just basically repeating. So the more you repeat as a language of music, the the more stuff you have to fall back on and be able to invent. You know, not invent, but come up with new stuff based on that song arrangement. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just like kind of pulling out your bag of tricks, mm-hmm. and that's all." confidence in the preparation, knowing you're coming to the table, knowing what you got, and you're going to pull out all the stops. Absolutely. Awesome. So let's let's dig into your past. Where did it all start? What what got you into music in the first place? Yeah. So I've been singing my whole life since I was very young growing up. Musical theater was the path for me as a performer. I'm in my early 40s. So when I was growing up, there wasn't you know, music schools or artist development programs in mm-hmm. the same way that they uh, that they are or that they exist today. So I did musical theater all through high school. I actually went on to Pepperdine University and majored in it. And then as soon as I graduated, I was totally burned out. I was like, screw this. I don't want to do another production on a mm-hmm. stage ever again. And I think I did one about 12 years ago. And that was it for me. So from there, I realized that music was my first passion. So I actually, at that point, I joined a band in Los Angeles and just started connecting in the LA music scene with a lot of different artists and musicians and realized that it was, that there was actually people in LA like pursuing music. Like to Mm -hmm. me growing up in, in Dallas, if, I mean, I auditioned for Mickey Mouse Club when I was like in seventh grade and actually got kind of far. Mm. But, you know, those are like the types of opportunities that we had, you know, and and, and it was sort of a pipe dream to me. If I thought about a music career, then I'm thinking of someone like Pink, who's got a record label behind her. And, you know, that was like very untouchable. And this whole DIY movement had not happened yet. Mm. There was still sort of, I always say, kind of like that steel door, you know, like if you wanted to get into the the arena, you had to either have money, know the right people, whatever it was, just to get a record deal or no one would take you seriously. So it was pretty neat for me living in L.A. and like seeing that people were actually like pursuing it in a real way, because to me, it was always a pipe dream. Mm. And while I was there, I auditioned for American Idol. It was season four of the season that Carrie Underwood won. And out of 100,000 who auditioned that season, I was a top 100 finalist. And really, that was the big opportunity for me to realize, oh, wow, I've got what it takes. Like, I, I, I can hang, you know? Mm. And in shortly after that, like I always tell people, when that ended, I was crushed. I was a total mess. I thought, oh, my, my career is over. I have no chance. That was my last opportunity, you know? And I always tell people, like, that... I actually believed that Mm. for several years and thank God my husband snapped me out of it and helped me to realize, you know, that 
music is in my bones. And if I don't exercise it, not only am I going to make him crazy, I'm going to make myself crazy. <laughs> and um, I was I was pretty depressed after not singing for several years. So luckily, I had him to to encourage me. And now I can look back and know that that opportunity on American Idol was 100% simply a beginning, uh-huh. not an end. And it's helped carve the way for me to create these experiences that, you know, I've written several books about. And now, and I coach artists and I empower others to actually have a positive experience on these shows and help them to know what to expect so they can get the most out of it. So yeah, it's been, it's been very, very interesting. I went back into studio this past year and I'll be releasing a single, but I haven't released original music in uh, ever. I've always gone into studio and covered songs. I never released any original music, even though I've been songwriting for 12 years now. And so my journey, I feel like I'm a late bloomer. I mean, I'm 42 (laughs) years old and I'm about to release my first single. Like what? You know? Never too late. Yeah. So it's exciting. It's exciting. Like I said, at the top of this, you know, to say, I'm going to do it on my, on my terms. I'm going to do it my way. That's exactly, I, I just love that mentality so much because it's, it's so powerful. It's so powerful to say, yeah, no, I, I'm creative and I'm smart and I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to have people with me. I'm going to, I'm going to have, you know, a team or a group or, or support. I'm not like saying I'm going to do it all by myself because there's really not a lot of fun in that. And we all know it, we have strength in numbers, uh-huh. but I am going to do it. Like, I'm not going to wait for anyone to do it for me. Right. Like, I don't got time for that. So, and I think a lot of people just wait, uh-huh. they just sit there and they wait and they expect something is going to fall out of the sky. And unless you're really clear on what you're up to and you're taking consistent action, you're not going to get those opportunities. You have to go, you have to go chase them. Mm-hmm. You got to go after it. For sure. So that gives you a little background on me. Absolutely. And just for the record, I'm also 42. I've never released any music and this will be the year. Hopefully. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Absolutely. Let's, let's go back to your summit because that I thought was uh, really cool. Also, you had my good friend Latoya Cooper, the songstress, speaking at it. Is that correct? That is right. She's amazing. Yes, she is. So she's been on the podcast at least twice. So tell us about the summit. Like, what is that all about? And, you know, what what's the rundown? Yeah, absolutely. So the Reality Singing Show Summit, uh, first, first ever summit dedicated to reality singing shows. So that was fun. Never put on a summit before. I had over 25 speakers, including past reality singing show contestants. Ricky Duran was on it. He was on, he was the runner up on The Voice a couple of seasons back. Uh-huh. Joe James, who's a client of mine out of Austin. We had some really, really great artists on it, but also casting producers from AGT and American Idol, celebrity vocal coaches. So, what I was trying to do was really invite contributors from all aspects of you know, the process. So inside my book and inside my online course, I kind of bring you through kind of like a three-phase process. So we kind of start at the beginning, which is creating that, you know, audition mindset and really understanding what it takes, you know, starting with also that why, like those foundational pieces, Mm -hmm. like why the heck do I want to do this in the first place? What kind of shows are going to fit me? Right. And then 
really drilling down into the mindset that it takes because I always say you have to get into warrior mode, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, spiritually, because this is like a roller coaster. And if you're not prepared mentally, you are going to crash and burn. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the first. And then like the song choice, like, you know, picking out your material song choice, working with coaches, that's kind of like that beginning phase. And the middle phase is like getting there, having an incredible interview and an incredible live performance that's going to get the chair turned, that's going to get you cast that section. And then the last phase is, okay, you made the show or you didn't. How do we, you know, still get something out of it, whether we make it or not? And then if we make it, I take them through the whole process of all the online business things, foundation pieces that I talk about that you need to get in place before you go on the show, including, you know, email marketing, social media, messaging, brand continuity, all these, all these different pieces of the puzzle that as a musicpreneur you need. And those are kind of the three phases. So I had speakers that represented all of that. So I had the celebrity coaches. I had the mindset coaches. I had talent scouts from The Voice. I have producers on the sh- uh, from the show. Let's see, who else? Oh, I had a song stylist, Claude McKnight, who's like a 10-time mm-hmm. or 12-time Grammy award winner. He's, he is incredible. So yeah, it was, it was such an amazing experience to bring all of these speakers together. It was very high energy and because it had never been done before, I think there was a lot of curiosity around it. And it was, it was a real treat for me because so many people were thanking me for doing it because they have so many questions. It's almost like reality TV because of all these conceptions that we have. And because of the perception, just like you were saying this perception that, Oh, if I go on the show, I've got it made, you know? So there's all of these misconceptions that we have. And I feel like the summit really sheds a true light on what it's all about. And then when you have these casting producers and casting directors on the sh- on the summit as well, being interviewed by me and then making themselves available to live Q&A for the attendees it was almost like a sigh of relief because those casting producers are scary in their eyes. Mm-hmm. But after the summit, they realized, oh, they're actually really nice. Like these are actually really nice guys and they're not so scary. And this is kind of pretty awesome that I can ask them my direct questions and get a direct answer. Mm. This is pretty cool. So yeah, that it was, it was really, really great. And I'll bring it back at the end of February, 2022. It'll be an annual event. And in the meantime, I've got my reality singing show boot camp in June, and then I'll launch the online course again in September. So a lot of different support opportunities throughout the year mm-hmm. for those who are interested in going on a reality singing show. Awesome. So the other, the other question I was going to ask, you brought up your husband who, he's a chef, is that correct? And you guys own a restaurant? Yes. So he's a chef and restaurateur. Awesome. And um, we own Victor Hugo's in Oak Cliff. Uh-huh. And we've been open for seven years and we actually are closing this week. So this is a huge transition for us. And a lot of my entrepreneurial background, I mean, I can't even say a lot. All of my entrepreneurial background stems from being a restaurant owner mm-hmm. and all of the marketing, accounting, like all the online business things that I needed to sort of get a grasp on. And so for me, it's been cool because throughout the past seven years before the pandemic, I was able to incorporate my music with the restaurant. So I would book artists. We would do a really cool monthly acoustic Friday. So I was I was in charge of the booking in addition to the marketing, social media, all these things. So it was fun to be able to incorporate both. You know, just like the music industry, the restaurant industry really got hit pretty hard with mm-hmm. the pandemic. So now we're at a crossroads where 
he's going to be venturing into something new and it's going to be very interesting. And I'm actually really excited about whatever, whatever is to come, right? We're just sort of like opening ourselves up to whatever, whatever is to come our way. But seven years in the restaurant industry in Dallas is, is, is pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a foodie. So that speaks to me. I, I always said, if I can't, if I can't make it professionally in graphic design, which is my, my main, main thing or music, I'd, I'd be, I'd get into a kitchen and do some food. Yeah. We love food too. We <laughs> love food and he'll, I mean, at this point, you know, what we were talking about is like, it doesn't have to look traditional anymore. If, no. if anything, the pandemic showed us that we can go the untraditional route. So like, let's do restaurant on our own terms is, you know, kind of where we're at. I'm like, we could do a pop-up. We could do this. We could do that. You know, I'm why have your own brick and mortar and have to deal with all the sure. stuff that comes with that? We can do other things and still exercise, you know, his talents and, and gifts and be in the food community. Absolutely. Did you, did you do any interesting pivots during, when you had to shut down? So for me, I just really got creative. And that's when I wrote my second book, mm-hmm. released it, got it to bestseller. And also I act, I also created two online courses during the pandemic. So I got busy. Mm-hmm. I'd also say that the main pivot is shifting tra- 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 trajectory. God, I love that word, but I hate saying it. <laughs> when I shifted into really owning the title reality TV music coach that happened this summer. So summer of pandemic, I was really at a standstill with the direction I wanted to go because I knew I wanted to write this second book, Mm. but I was hesitant because I was, I'd been doing strategy consulting for artists, lots of focus on the online business foundations, which I incorporate into everything I do as a reality TV music coach. But I was a, I was a fearful of calling myself a reality TV music coach because I didn't want to like put myself in a, in a box. And, uh, that was probably the best thing that I did because I was able to niche down in such a way that I now know who I'm serving. Like I'm not serving everyone anymore. Mm. I'm open to whoever wants to work with me, but I'm specifically talking to the artists, performing artists who want to go on a reality singing show. And what happens is because I am so laser focused talking to that audience, you know, I, I'm attracting other people as well, but I'm able to, to help them with the strategy and, and Mm -hmm. teaching them. Okay. In addition to this, like, it's so important that you have knowledge of what it takes to actually have a sustainable career in music and do it, you know, in a way that that can last. So that, that all happened during the pandemic is I, you know, I actually hired a coach. It's a really awesome marketing and branding coach called, uh, her name is Megan Kuhar. Mm-hmm. And she helped me over the summer to essentially rebrand. And I would say that was the biggest shift that I made was just making that choice and going all in. Awesome. I, I feel like I've heard her name before. Yeah, you probably have. Gonna yeah. bug me where where from? She's around. She's mm. around. Also, uh, ten points for using the correct pronunciation of uh, niche. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to get in my good books, listeners, say niche, not niche, because <laughs> it's a quiche, not a a kitsch. That's right. 
That's exactly right. right. Let's move on to the non-quick fire question round where I ask the same kind of questions to everyone. What is one resource, be that a book, podcast, blog, anything like that, would you recommend to an artist that's looking to be successful? Successful being a relative term that you can choose how you want to interpret. Okay. Can I say two? (laughs) Say as many as you'd like. All right. I'm going to recommend the Rockstar Life Planner Uh from from Suze Suze. Polinsky. Also been on the podcast. She's the bomb. I'm a huge, huge fan of hers. And I love her Rockstar Life Planner, but I also love how important it is or that she stresses the importance of Mm self-care and not feeling like you have to grind yourself to the bone in order to have success. So the Rockstar Life Planner is a huge part of my daily or weekly planning. And then another book that I'd recommend, and this is really all about grabbing the bull by the horns, is the book You're a Badass. You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. I've read it. And it's not a music book. She is a musician, I believe. But I will tell you, that's the kind of book when you're stuck or when you are having a little bit of self-doubt that will get you right back where you need to be to start kicking ass. Mm-hmm. I love that book. I have it on audio. I have the, the paperback as well. I've got I've got all the notes, you know, buckled in there. But those are those are both two resources that I think any artist or any entrepreneur can use to kind of help them along their journey. Fantastic. What is one or multiple pieces of advice you would give a musician looking to make a living from music? The first piece of advice that I would give an artist looking to make a living would be taking the time to slow down long enough to get clear, to really tune in get clear on the direction and map it out so that you have a true vision. Like you, you can truly see exactly where you're going and the steps that it's going to take to get there. And the steps, it's like one thing in front of the other. So we have to kind of scale back and say, okay, what, what steps can I take today to get me a little bit closer to where I want to be? Like you're closing the gap essentially and thinking about what can I, I do right now versus what we were talking about earlier versus waiting, thinking, oh, I got to wait for them to make that happen for me or for them to open that door for me. What can I do? And maybe it's education, right? Investing in yourself because I know it's scary to invest in yourself, but I'm telling you right now, every single time that I've hired a coach, great things have happened. Mm -hmm. And when I invest in my career and what I'm doing, I'm able to make that money back uh, in a big way. And not just that, but I'm able to provide like 10 times the value to those who I'm serving because I've taken the time to educate myself and, and get myself to a level where I'm, I'm serving at my top, you know, at the top of my game, right? But you can't do that without educating and without learning and growing. So often when we slow down and take that time, we're also, we're stretching, right? It's uncomfortable, because we're slowing down and we can hear all the noise, right? But the growing and the stretching is what gets us to that place, to that destination. So, you know, that's sort of a, a, a different perspective perhaps on that question. But in my opinion, it's absolutely critical because if you don't know, if you can't see the destination, you can't see where you're going, you're not going to get there. You're just going to be shooting in the dark. Absolutely. Thank you. It's like going to a destination. You know, you have to have the destination to get there. You can't just, you know, you can just jump on the road and figure out where you're going, but that that's, you're going to 
you know, you're going to meander quite a bit. Absolutely. You're going to, in, in three years from now, you're going to be in the exact same spot. You're going to be like, I haven't gotten anywhere. I haven't done anything. Well, right. <laughs> I wonder why. It's because you're, you're doing the, all the same things exactly. and expecting different results. For sure. So what is one significant negative experience you have overcome and what did that teach you? Ooh, a significant negative experience that I overcame. Hmm. That's tough. I think for me, it has been more in my personal life with relationships with people people letting me down. I have really high expectations of myself. And so mm -hmm. I expect others to have the same type of expectations or, you know, basic human respect, et cetera. So even though I would never in a thousand years think to treat someone in this way, I can't expect others to like have the same thought process, mindset, et cetera. Mm. Um, and so I think, you know, going through some really difficult situations with relationships that really stung, like actually having to like let go of people and let go of things, you know, having to heal. Mm. But I always say, you know, and, and a lot of the song that I'm going to be releasing this year, is like really just being at the darkest of dark. And it's because of either betrayal or just those like relational stings, like the people who you love most when they hurt you, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, and, and it's really difficult when your personal life is a mess to actually thrive in your business life. So I always say that they are interconnected, mm -hmm. which is why it's so important to tend to those wounds, you know, and take the time that you need to heal because you're, it's not separate. Your life and your business are not separate. They are 100% interconnected. And when you are in a really strong personal space, you're going to show up really strong in your career. And so overcoming the emotional hurts that I had through some situations that I had in relationships, I say would probably be one of the biggest things for me because through those hurts, I learned forgiveness. I learned true healing. I learned, I actually got really closer to God. Like, I mean, I just really dug, dug in with my faith and grew immensely. Like, oh, I say, you know, it's like that whole Phoenix idea. It's like, you are, you are in the fire and then you bust out of the fire and you're like, just a hundred times more effective and alive. You're like, oh my God, I, I am alive. Wow. Okay. Mm. You know, like really feeling that feeling alive for the first time. I've, like maybe it's been years, maybe you've just been sleepwalking through your life and then something happens to get your attention and you go through hell, you walk through the fire and you come out and you're like, Oh my God, I made it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I mean that, that's exactly why I talk about mental health on my podcast is, you know, once you hit that rock bottom and you're in the dark place, it, it can only go up. Hopefully it doesn't go further down, but that's once you, once you're yeah. mindful of that, of that point, you know, you can take steps to actually fix it and you can't fix it, but you can be mindful of not getting back there. So that's awesome. Yes, absolutely. What major positive experience has given you the push to follow this journey? I would say the positive experiences would be writing the books because I never, I, 
I don't know, in the back of my head, I thought, oh, maybe one day I'll write a book. But I never thought I would actually do it. And so when I wrote my first book and I saw that it was possible, everything opened up for me. I, I literally was like, oh my gosh, I just wrote a book. It's published. It's on Amazon. What the heck? Like, mm-hmm. I just did that. And it is such a gratifying feeling in addition to just a feeling of knowing that when you put your mind to something and you can make it happen, like I literally have become really, really good at setting an intention and making it happen. Mm. And, you know, some people call that manifestation, you know, whatever you want to call it. When you're able to, to create a goal that you can actually physically bring to life, man, it's, it is not only very powerful, but it's, it's life-changing. Like it, it, it completely transformed my business and it transformed the direction of my, my career. Fantastic. Last question is what does music mean to you? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So music is my lifeline. Like I, like I said, forgive my dogs in the back. When you aren't exercising, like if you're an artist, if you're a creative, whatever your thing is, when you don't exercise it, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer emotionally, physically, mentally, all the things. Because if it's if it's like a lifeline, it's part of your blood, it's in your veins, you must have a connection to it. So for me, music is healing. It's a source of life. It's, it's very spiritual for me. And, you know, I used to talk about my love-hate relationship with music hmm. because I would get to a point where I was like so in it and performing and just, you know, living it. And then I'd be like, eh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. So then I'd take a little break and then I'd get at it again. And then I take a little break, you know, but at the end of the day, everyone's going to do music uh, in their own way. And so there is no right or wrong. So I think that that's something that I've realized along the way is that there is no right or wrong. And at the end of the day, we get to do music on our own terms, right? Absolutely. Lovely way of ending that. Thank you. If people want to get in contact with you, find out about you know the summit, about your books, where can they go? Awesome. So best way to check out everything I'm up to is at BriannaRellasMusic.com. Brianna with two N's, B-R-I-A-N-N-A, Relas, R-U-E-L-A-S, music.com. And I actually have some cool freebies on the website too. If you're looking to audition for a reality singing show, you can get my audition checklist or you can get, which has like a a whole step-by-step process of writing your core brand story. I know a lot of people, you know, use those stories for PR when they're releasing music, et cetera. And it also has information on the summit and my boot camp and my books, which are both on Amazon, Performing Artist Pathway and Make Reality TV Your Reality are both on Amazon. And lastly, on social media, I am very active on Instagram at Brianna Rellas Music. Awesome. And then at the end of the interview, I like to play a piece of music, usually by the musician I'm, I'm interviewing. So what can we hear? And actually, when is your when is your song single going to be released? Probably at the end of the year. Okay. This will be out way before that. But yeah, I mean, I'll yeah. definitely, I'll definitely uh, post about it when it's out. Oh, you're awesome. But yeah, what can we listen to today? Thank you. Yeah. So I'm going to have you listen to some music from my client, Joe James. Cool out of Austin. He is a like funk soul blues artist. He is so talented. So you're going to be checking out some of his music and it's a song called Back Home. 
Okay. And he's also going to be coming out with an EP. And he just is really big on the Austin music scene. So you can check out Joe James Music. Yeah, he's amazing. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate all the information you've given everyone and, uh, you know, taking your time to talk to me today. So thank you. And, um, you know, I hope to stay in touch. Oh, man, me too. I want to come out there and, and see you in person, too. I, I That won't be it won't be long before I get out to Fort Worth. And I appreciate you having me on the show. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform as this really helps get the word out about the podcast so other musicians can benefit from the awesome knowledge that my guests are sharing. The more the musicians community collectively learns, the stronger we will become. A rising tide lifts all ships. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering a full range of apparel decoration and promotional items such as screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and much more. The Skinny Armadillo is now offering a merch fulfillment service including on-demand printing and a custom-built web store so you can concentrate on your music and running your business as a musician. Visit theskinnyarmadillo.com or call 817-546-1430 to learn how the Skinny Armadillo can help you take your merch to the next level. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Joe James with Back Home. Today is the day to get off the ground. There ain't no other way but up. Forget what they say. Just be who you are. She told me on the day that I left the big old city. Come back